It's been 10,511 days since the Americans with Disabilities Act was passed, and you are parked in the access aisle. Good morning, everybody, and thanks for joining us. My name is Boris Klarich, and you're listening to The Access Aisle. Uh, here with me today is Able South Carolina's Employment Services Specialist, Miss Callie Sandal. Hi, good morning. Uh, so tell us a little bit about what it is that you do. What, what's, your, what's your position? Where do you work? So I work here at Able South Carolina. I am an Employment Services Coordinator which means that I partner with our consumers. I like to call them job seekers. I partner with job seekers and we work on the skills that will build up to their ultimate successful entering into an employment situation, advancing an employment situation, and then um, a little bit of job retention too, helping them keep jobs where things might be going a little rocky. Okay. And, and what brought you to this position? What, what else have you done? So this is employment services um, for the last eight years. That's all I have ever done. Um, I used to work at a VR agency where I did some more work on the employer side of the house. But um, through networking and hopefully being good at my job, Able South Carolina um, hired me, and so now I'm doing more of a consumer-focused. Um, I only work with job seekers. I don't go and, and speak on people's behalf because people are capable of speaking for themselves oftentimes, and so we empower them to do that. And this takes on a special connotation with you because you're not just helping people with disabilities. You are a person with a disability. Yes, yes. There's some instant credibility um, that happens here. I have been blind since birth. Um, I'm not totally blind. Um, like anything else, blindness falls on a spectrum, but I don't see very well. Um, I use a lot of technology, and so oftentimes I'll get somebody on the phone, and they'll say, oh, well, I can't work because I'm blind, and I kind of chuckle and, and then have to have a little education moment. But yeah, I do have a disability, and I work. Awesome. So let's start, let's start with just a little bit about you. What has been your experience in trying to find and, and maintain employment as a person with a disability? I went to a small university and that's where my first job was. The IT department and the um, disabled student office had circled up around me in a really beautiful way without me fully realizing how awesome they were until again later. Um, so when it came time for me to get my first job, I applied like everybody else. I had networked within my department, um, the IT department, got my assistive technology set up, and I got to start just like anybody else would. And I was the person who would call you at dinner. Um, Hi, I'm Callie Sandal. I'm calling from Winthrop University on behalf of Educational Television. Um, we're calling people tonight to ask them some questions about the upcoming election. Do you have a few minutes? Click, and you do it again. Um, so you develop a pretty thick skin, um, and some de-escalation and some negotiating and some persuasion, so telephone skills. You, you still use in your job today. Absolutely. It seems like a funny first job, but, um, I learned a lot of valuable skills by doing cold political calls. Kind of building on that experience, is what do you hear from, from job seekers that are coming to you looking for their first job in, in, a lot of, in a lot of cases, what do you hear? How does that story kind of mirror or mimic your own? 
think everybody's story is different. I know that getting experience when a lot of positions require experience, where do you get experience if all the jobs require experience? We run into that a lot. I think for a lot of people with people with disabilities, myself included, a lot of people's first jobs are waitressing or pizza delivery driver. And those are things that I was never going to be very good at or excel at. So the opportunity for those first jobs becomes a partnership of sorts, networking, being connected to the right service providers, I think. If your job is to use the office equipment, but that office equipment is above your head for people who use wheelchairs, that becomes a barrier. So I think having a community, a network, whether that be a natural network of people just that you know and are friends with, or a network of service providers, um, sometimes we need a little bit of help and everybody needs help every now and again. And, and so a lot, of, a lot of times this help comes in the form of like reasonable accommodations. Yes, yes. That's a much better way of putting it. Yes, if I was very fortunate that the reasonable accommodations that I needed were in place and happened really quickly and naturally. But I knew what to ask for. Um, I knew what I had used coming up through school and I self-advocated, which is, again, something that I took for granted that, that I was able to do that and knew what I needed. Sometimes people just don't know what they need to be successful. But yeah, accommodations are really and important. Is, is that kind of, for lack of a better word, ignorance about what to request or the availability of, of reasonable accommodation? Is that something that's kind of commonplace that you found with like first-time job seekers with disabilities? Yes. Assuming ignorance is just a lack of education, then yeah, people don't know what they don't know or their internal network. If, if you're the only person in your family, in your school, in your community with a disability and you haven't gone and met other people or done research to see, oh, I can do this thing if I do it this way, then you might have been told your whole life you can't do this thing. You can't use a computer. You can't, you know, use a copy machine. You can't do a, a laundry list of, of jobs. There's very few things I can't do. I'm never going to be a school bus driver. I'm never going to be an air traffic controller. Um, I probably wouldn't make a great firefighter for a variety of reasons. But there's a much longer list of things that I can do, most of which require a reasonable accommodation and I have to know what to ask for. I have to know that that thing exists. Okay. And, and how, how big of, of a boost do you think that the presence of a reasonable accommodation makes in, in, in helping someone maintain and gain employment? It'll make or break a situation. Just hands down. There's no question about it. I could not do my job without reasonable accommodations. I couldn't live independently without some alternative techniques. It, technology or even non-technology technology things, um, I'm sure there's a better word for that somewhere. Um, low-tech. There's high-tech and there's low-tech. Low-tech is the box that I have my computer stand sitting on. It was a $20 box from Amazon, but it allows me to not go home with a neck ache and allows me to be more productive. It's a box. Um, all the way up to the super expensive software um, that goes on my computer that reads and magnifies for me. Um, there's a spectrum, but 
Sometimes something as simple as a box, $20 worth of a box can make or break a situation. Have you, have you experienced or encountered any kind of resistance to those requests for reasonable accommodation from employers? No, no. Um, my early jobs were in a university setting where I had a great network of professors who saw what I was capable of with the right tools and then an internship where I had partnered with the Commission for the Blind and they were on the ball and delivered my technology so I didn't really have to make an ask. VR provided that for me. And then I went to work on for a VR agency um, where accommodations came naturally and and now I'm here at ABLE, so I don't, um, but no, no, not a whole lot of resistance. Um, sometimes you get resistance from IT. I've worked with some funny IT departments where the um, third-party guy who doesn't work in the office, who doesn't know me, who hasn't seen what the technology does when it doesn't play nicely with their systems. I've gotten some resistance from IT, but it's it's always been something we can navigate. Okay. And... Um... What's one piece of professional advice that you'd give to a first-time job seeker with a disability who, who's trying to navigate the process from, from beginning to end, from hiring, from trying to apply? What's one piece of advice that you would give to them? Oh, that's a big one. Um, <laughs> I find myself repeating um, two things. It's a big question. I'm, I'm, I'm allowed to give you two answers. Yeah. Okay. So the first one, when you're on the job search, people get jobs because they know other people. And I actually have made um, interns um, repeat this, repeat after me. People get jobs because they know other people. You can apply online. And certainly, yes, that that is a, a, something worth doing. But historically, Networking is where it's at, whether it be, you know, social networking or networking in person. People get jobs because they know other people. The other one is that competence with a P, competence looks good on everybody, and confidence with an F looks good on everybody. And when you're interacting with potential employers and even once you're on the job, you should always strive to be competent. Um the the world's definition of competent not whatever bar has been set for you but but the bar that's been set for your peers and confidence looks good on everybody if i'm comfortable with my disability if i'm comfortable with my knowledge skills and abilities i can show you better than i can tell you confidence looks good on everybody and in a job interview and advancing and retaining employment a lot of times it's being part of a team and and you know being friendly and, and do people believe that you're an asset and do they like coming and asking you questions? So competence looks good on everybody and confidence looks good on everybody. People get jobs because they know other people. Hi, my name is Aja. I'm 22 years old and I'm looking for an internship to start my career. The first real, real job I worked was, uh, I believe, two years ago at Subway, um, and it was an interesting experience. The uh, application process was interesting. I think I overthought a lot of it. They were asking me questions about, you know, how I interacted with people and 
uh, was I the life of the party? And what I really wanted to say was like, well, I don't tend to go to parties because I get overstimulated and I can't uh, handle them. Uh, but I knew that wasn't the answer they were looking for to get the score to see if I qualified to see if they would hire me. I have no idea. It seemed to me that uh, I didn't think they'd be asking me so much of uh, so many personal questions for um, uh, for a job where I didn't think it really mattered if I was the life of the party. Um, but I did okay, apparently. Um, I actually found some tips in a online uh, support group for people with developmental disabilities. And I guess a lot of them felt like they were kind of trick questions um, because maybe other people would know not to answer them a certain way. And a lot of us would kind of, I don't want to say fall for it at least the first time. And cause I got some forewarning. I was like, Oh, okay. I know how to answer this. I don't think it was on purpose. Like, but you know, it's still, um, something that I guess a lot of us would struggle with. Uh, the interview process was fine. There were group interviews. Um, and I had tips on how to, you know, be, Charming, I guess, for lack of a better word. Um, I did not disclose uh, about my disabilities. Um, I guess I was afraid to. I didn't um, want... This is before I was really taking pride in myself. And I, I didn't feel like I needed any accommodations, even though the only reason I kind of selected to work there is because I knew that it, I'd eaten there a lot of times before and I knew that the environment was okay and the lighting was low and I wouldn't be able to handle it if I were in a place with more lighting, et cetera. I'd probably have to ask to do something like wear sunglasses or something like that. And so I had purposely picked a place that was already somewhat I guess, accommodating for my needs. I was glad that I had seen someone post about their search for employment before so that I had some idea of what to expect and that I wasn't caught completely off guard or um, made the same mistake that the people who made, made the post made made the same mistake they did. They spared me from making that mistake by sharing their experience. So if you could give one piece of advice to somebody that was in your position and just looking for a job for the first time, what would you tell them? I would definitely say to definitely look for those resources where people have gone through it themselves and then uh, listen to them, like their, their advice, and kind of incorporate that into uh, your job search. If, you know, if they've had success with what they're doing and, you know, it vibes with you, then I would definitely say, like, do some research, seek out people who've done it before, and then uh, go for it. Go for it with confidence. Mm -hmm.